Today's episode of Daily DVR presents True Detective Night Country is sponsored by Wild Gallery. Check them out at wild.gallery. That's wild, W-Y-L-D. Check it out in the show notes as well. And you know, it's not often that advertising can so seamlessly blend with topic, but in this case it does. Wild is a fascinating art gallery located in Austin, Texas, that features spellbinding original Native American imagery exploring heritage, culture, and tradition. Go on over to their website, wild.gallery. The art is amazing. Um, I was really taken by a lot of it immediately. Uh, The website is easy to navigate. You can check out their artist lists, uh, how to contact them, prices. It's really great stuff. And for each one of the artists, it gives a little bio on them, detailing where they're from, their perspective. Uh, It's really beautiful stuff. So check out wild.gallery. That's W-Y-L-D dot gallery today. Welcome back, everyone, to True Detective Night Country, brought to you by DVR Podcast Network. Check us out at dvrpodcast.com. You can also join our Facebook group. Wow, it is blowing up. We have so many new people on our Facebook group, and that's so awesome because all we do is talk about TV and film in a fun, interesting way. We love when people share what they love. So go over to Facebook and just search Daily DVR, a TV and film podcast. Tell us what your favorite TV and film is, and you're in. You'll have a great time. And I do want to, speaking of Facebook, I was reminded this morning. I want to give a huge shout out to Grandpa James, longtime listener going back about 15 years or more to Lost Mythos and to Lost Revisited Now solo. I'm going to introduce you at this point. I'm going to break my intro just so you can also say happy birthday to Grandpa James. Oh, Grandpa James, happy birthday to you. All right, that was beautiful. We love you, man. Hope you're having a great day. 67 years on this here earth. That's an achievement. Uh, That's awesome. Yes. Um, We also want to encourage anyone who is listening, just a little ad for us. You know, we're independent podcasters. I'm up late last night re-watching while folding the laundry, doing dishes, doing my Whoa, whoa, folding clothes while you're watching? I don't know if that's a good idea, actually. (laughs) That's true. Wait, I wasn't naked, though. I was fully clothed. Well, at some parts, I might have been naked, but that's only for you, Solo. Uh, Anyway, we're just regular dudes. This isn't uh, the ringer. We're not the New York Times. We're not some big media outlet. We are two dudes sitting in our houses doing this research, taking your emails, putting up the podcast, doing all that stuff. So if you want to help us out, help support us and um, help us make us feel like um, our wives don't bring home all the bacon, go over to to patreon.com slash DVR. The link is in the show notes as well. And we have a sponsor for today's show, Wild Gallery. I'll give them another shout out. Their their no their uh, info is in the show notes as well, and we have so much awesome feedback today. Thank you, everyone. Man, we I try to respond to each and every email. If I missed you, I apologize. We're gonna try to get through it all. We have tons of responses on Facebook too. 
Um, and I was just looking at our numbers, man. And, you know, we are getting a lot of listeners in the tens of thousands and we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it means a lot. Time. Yeah. That's awesome. We're glad you're enjoying this show along with us. So that's enough of that solo. What did you think of episode four night country? Again, directed and written by our showrunner. Another great episode. There was a lot happening in this one. What's your take, buddy? Yeah, no, it, it, another great episode. And at first I was wondering all the jump scares and stuff. I was like, am I watching like The Grudge or something? <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller horror film. But at first, because my wife, she that's like her worst fear in movies watching like people under the bed like show up or you turn around and someone's there all looking you know zombified and so she's commenting <laughs> during it i'm like just chill it's it's just it's fake it's not real but but um and so at first so it threw me out but then when i rewatched it i i get it and it fits um I, you know at first i was just a little ah too much but i've okay. accepted it Okay. I've accepted it and I know it's a part of the show and I'm okay with it. Um, I love, you know, I love horror and stuff. I just, I think part of the problem, Axel, I don't see, I mentioned like, you know, I had rewatched seasons one and two while after a couple episodes of night country. And I, I'm kind of wish I didn't because they're so different than this. So when you start getting the connections of season one, I'm like, oh, getting all excited, Russ Cole and all that, Marty. And then I'm like, but this is a different story, even though there are connections. So I I, I think I was so in that mode of an actual like kind of detective hinting at the supernatural, hinting at stuff. But in the fact, and then here it's like, is it real? Isn't it real? As we've been talking about. So, uh, but, but I'm okay with it because um Issa Lopez brought us into this world right off the bat and that's why I just had to settle down watch it alone and 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 I'm back you know I'm I was back in not that it I was upset or anything but I know this is the show uh but we'll talk about it because I have some ideas and theories and all that No I think that's a I think that's a great place to start because there's absolutely no doubt that there were like five ghosts in this episode. Well, one, well, let's see, definitely two, right? Um, maybe more. And I think that people who have been watching along, and I think that with the advent of peak TV and streamers, there's so many different types of shows that this did fall into that category of, is it or isn't it supernatural? Right. Right. <clears throat> And to see all that stuff pushes us over into a certain category of supernatural. Like when I watch a show like From, I'm a big fan of that show. I don't know if anyone listening watches that show. Our our, our old friend Harold Perrineau from Lost is the star. He fucking kicks ass. But it's a little show on, what is it on? Is it still called Stars? MGM Plus. Okay, yes, right. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. MGM (laughs) Plus, right. Um, But that's blatantly supernatural, right? This show, 
are we in that territory now? And how does that make you feel as a viewer? Because earlier on, remember, we had like an email from Brett. I don't want it to be supernatural or we were talking. Would we be upset about it? It kind of throws you into a certain zone or mindset too. Whereas the thing that I think attracted a lot of people, if you are to compare to season one to not really two, maybe three is it's kind of fun being in that middle ground where correct you don't know really what's going on now we're in a different zone or are we that's the question right because yeah. that's i'm seeing that discussed not we're discussing it but in a lot of articles and other podcasts there's still we're we're still seeing through the eyes of other people right there, there hasn't been a situation in which multiple people are seeing a ghost. Now, we do have Danvers actually says to Navarro, I know you saw something. And she, right. you know, like, this is crazy. This is like, uh, this is like Scully yelling at Mulder. I want to believe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's kind of, but that's where we are. Cause we're like her. The, the audience takes that general state, like kind of thing. You got to prove it to us that it's, that it's supernatural. Me, I'm cool with it. I thought that the, the ways in which the kind of ghosts or crazy uh, images were integrated into this episode really made me feel just like, shit, man, we're seven days into this darkness. It's getting dark, you know, like, we talk about night country and we have some ideas of what is night country. Maybe this is just night country. It's a place of the mind, you know, it exists where you're in a place where you're re receptive to all different types of, uh, I guess, countries, different types of worlds, supernatural or otherwise. Um, right. <clears throat> so that I want to, I want to piggyback on what you're saying. Cause it's, you made one really great point that I wanted to uh, acknowledge and then set forth the next discussion, nice. which is about this. Set yeah, yeah. We're whoa, setting whoa. forth. Set forth. So, We're setting forth. Hey, wow, I love it. Song by Eddie Vedder. Setting forth. Um, so you made a great point with the things Navarro sees is her own, and we haven't had multiple. Yeah. Like at the Wheeler house, she, like Danvers knows she sees something. But she doesn't see it. We don't, you know, she knows she's seeing something. So, and, and everything Navarro's seeing throughout and Jules is seeing throughout, they're not seeing it together. It's separate. Now they have similar things like the orange rolling, rolling under, you know, back under Jules' bed. Yes. And she goes under and sees yep. what we yep. think. I got to believe when we see the necklace, that, mu that must be their mom. I know they, they I think in the so Wheeler too. house. I think yep. Right. Now, was the necklace that Navarro found after listening to Spice Girls, was that real or not? You That's, know, was that yeah. a bit in her head? And, and it's, and, and, the, and I love that you're bringing that up because obviously we end with Navarro's ear bleeding. She looks totally zoned out. She looks yeah. like she's be in the beginning stages of whatever ha of what happened to what's his name Thiel the the German guy 
Oh, Otis Heiss. Oh, Heiss. I'm sorry. I was. It's that E I that uh, I E or whatever. I can't. That. <laughs> well, I spelt it H Y S S so I could pronounce it to myself. <laughs> Heiss. Um, she seems like she's in the beginning stages. And what happens to her sister? The necklace, right? Oh, I, I saw mom. Now she sees mom, right? Like the right. orange. The orange comes to Navarro. The orange comes to her sister. In my mind, when the orange rolled out from under the bed, um, and I admit it, I did think it was when the orange rolled out from under the bed, I was hoping when she looked under the bed that she didn't see anything. And it was not for a story reason. It was for a meta reason, which is it just seemed very typical of I'm not, I love horror stuff, but I can't say I'm a huge fan of every new horror movie that is just a bunch of jump scares coming out. So I can kind of sympathize with the kind of feeling you get a little bit of a pit in the stomach. You're like, I like it, but I want this to scare me in a deeper way, you know? Right. Um, But we can't forget, we can't ignore that the same thing is happening to both these sisters. I mean, and then we see what, what ends up happening to her. She folds her clothes just like I was doing, which I will never do anymore while watching the show. <laughs> um, just like the scientists did, which many of our right. uh, awesome Facebook uh, friends had pointed out. And she walks off into the water and dies. So is that where now, Navarro's headed? Right. And also... Remember, that's kind of the same thing with with less details that um, happened with Travis Cole. He just walked out into the sea. Didn't want to take, you know, let the leukemia take him away. Did he do the same thing? Did he even have leukemia? Well, that's the thing. I mean, well, because, and and I'll say that because in season one, they mention it and the the cops that are interviewing rust said there's no reports of him ever having leukemia no reports of his death so the season 1 link there that there's no record of him having leukemia it's interesting um, I, it's like a, a you know i i'm pretty sure i heard that i apologize if i got that wrong i know his death wasn't reported they couldn't find it i don't know about the leukemia i'm almost i'm 99% sure but let us know if I got that wrong. I apologize. Um, you know, I'm going back from the 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 poison Creole to Night Country, and my mind is all up, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's right, Axel. Um, so that that's what got to me when I saw Jules, and then you know the folding of the clothes, and then right off the bat, you're like, we were thinking, who folded the clothes? Was it was it Raymond Clark? Was it the you know? And so. That is very interesting. So I, I get to the point now where Navarro does say it, it takes us one by one, her mother, Jules, and now her. And Danvers is trying hard to, to let her know, you know, you're, you're intelligent. You're, you're, you're fine. Don't, don't let this. And then I, as an audience member, I'm saying the same thing. No, Navarro, I don't want you to lose yourself. I, I, I feel like I hope Navarro doesn't go that way. I got to believe Navarro is going to somehow get out of it or, or even deal with it. Like, you know how Rose sees dead people, but she cooks a whole dinner for them on Christmas. 
Eve, you know, that's yeah. what it felt like. <laughs> she was inviting like all the dead people. Come on, I'm cooking a feast for you. But I'm hoping Navarro goes more the Rose route of accepting it and not letting it affect. But, but the way she, but you know, all we know is Rose, she says she sees dead people. Travis didn't seem like a corpse when she saw him. Navarro seeing all these like corpses, ghosts, whatever. That's and, a, that's an interesting point. He did not seem like um, our our patron and friend Aaron called them demons. Our, they, he did not seem like a demon. He seemed very at ease, just like, hey, I got something to show you. He was just like waiting for her, right? Well, I got an idea for that. When Rose says the, giant, the ghosts come out or the supernatural, they're trying to tell you something. They want to take you with you. And they're, I always forget the third one. So could be like Travis wanted to show Rose something. That was one. Right. These demons are, tr- are trying to take jewels that could be taken with, you know, take them with you. Um, you know, so, um, it, th- that's very interesting. Uh, and you know, in Jules, unfortunately, I mean, she was having, why do you think with Jules, do you think. You know, because she she's out there when Danvers finds her. She's stripping off her clothes. Yeah, but that's it's not, how you know, we like, start the episode. Yeah, yeah, she's going nuts. Um, she's had episodes before at the bar. She's had episodes in her in her apartment. Um, There's a long history, so right? Navarro talks about yeah. it through their mom. Well, she yeah. seems to have taken after the mom more. Yeah, and so Navarro is fighting it, but it seem it, it seems like until we meet Navarro in this point of the story in, you know, episode one, part one, um, she saw someone at Wheeler house. We don't know if she saw anything from then on, right? We don't know if she was having those episodes. We don't think so. She might've saw some things, just chalked it up to it's night, you know, it's nighttime in Ennis, whatever, but now it's accelerating and it seems to be accelerating more after Jules's death. And it seems to be connected to women and to um, women being hurt, right? I mean, right. Primarily, right. we've seen by men. And she speaks to a curse that afflicts women. This seem now we get more of a clue to why Danvers is so against Leah. That's her daughter, right? Having the right. tribal markings and being involved. Obviously, we see her spray painting here. We get to see another woman whose Danvers fucked their husband. Uh, that's that was one of my that was one of the best parts. Which she's like, "Have you not fucked one man in this town?" Like, well, you know, it's funny. At first, I thought it was going to be a different guy, but then it was the team. I'm like, "Thank yeah. God we met him." I was like, "I don't need to see another one. I don't need to see another one." Well, man, we she goes through. I mean. It's kind of funny, too, because it, it points to the small town nature that it keeps on like every episode we run into all of them again. Right. Like right, it's all right. it's not just one of them. It's all of them. Um, can't really escape it. Um, uh, what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. No, uh, Navarro and uh, oh, the women. Right. Yeah. There's there, there, it, it, it's, it's a clue to two like. In the beginning of the episode two, we see Danvers come into Leah's room and kind of check that she has taken it off her chin, you know, kind of tuck her in, look at her while she's sleeping. We can see now that 
there's a there's it seems like there's kind of different spirits going on, right? There seems to be something that they feel is out hunting the women. Is that a metaphor for men? Is that a metaphor for, you know, history or or their or their their um their culture or whatever things that we don't know that much about yet through this show, whatever it is, it see that seems to be the thing Navarro is talking about. But is that right. the same thing that has? Is that the same thing that killed Annie, or is that the same thing that took that drove the research scientists out of Talal and then froze them in the snow? It's confusing to me because I think it's like there are different th- beings, supernatural beings. It reminds me of my my uh, wife and son and I have been watching Percy Jackson on Disney, which is really good. And he loves those books. Um, mm-hmm. It reminds me of that, like the gods, you know, these are their gods They're th- from this culture, but they seem to be really living in their world now what are they fighting over it's almost like there's two gods fighting and they're using humans to do it but i don't know that's just kind of where i'm at now i feel like there's more than one it's not all the same force but yeah because you had mentioned this on a previous pod where the scientist the scientist's committing mass suicide or getting whatever happened with them. Um, and the Annie Kotak murder could be two different things. I know they're, they're connected in certain ways. It's starting to seem, but it's weird. Cause when we see the video, the video of Annie almost seems like when she's in the ice cave, it almost seems like she's been grabbed by a creature or a polar bear or something. Right. Then she's wound up in that shipping container. And so if it's a creature, I mean, literally would a creature kill her there and then, or, and then move her (laughs) or is is it some sort of spiritual thing where humans are, are, um, praying to this, whatever creature God, and then they are instructed to move it, you know, how is it connected? It just seems like, okay, what, what, you know, what's going on? What cut the power? Right. That was, we're finding these little clues too, right? She sees in the video first, she sees in the video, there's bones in the back that leads them to the, to the professor, or he looks really to be a high school teacher, (laughs) high school teacher, (laughs) which leads them to, um, uh, wait, what was the next part? (laughs) What? Of what? (laughs) Solo, there's so much going on. Otis? I'm losing my mind. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's detect. We're true detectives. We're Portland true detectives, not in Portland. Uh, All right. <clears throat> so yeah, he's he's looking at the video. He says there's whale fossils, ice caves. Right. Oh, it's that's what I was going to say. Is for, Otis? I, I was talking okay. about the thing she found from the video. Should we discover the bones in the ice. This leads us to the ice cave. But we also she also discovers. That the two videos, right, the TikTok right. of making the sandwich, um, and the death video, which which are very, it's kind of, there was some kind of metaphor there too, wasn't there? Like about modern society and like, 
she's watching two videos like that. They both become like these horror videos, but they both end with that, with the power being cut out, which seems, yeah, which was interesting to me because I thought she was going to find something supernatural or weird in the video, but that's something very tactile. Someone pulled the power, right? Like what is it a force? It is it energy that, could be something a little bit more real. There's just night country is confusing, man. There's a, there's, yeah. there's a lot going on. There's spirits. Well, of course, Annie, Annie it. says, I found it right in the video. Yeah. I think I've seen yeah. that video. Yeah. I found it. What did she find? Did she find the ice caves? Did she find something in the ice caves? Something she was searching for. Oh, and I should um, shout out, uh, our old friend, of course, Joe bear reminded us, last week of the um the kind of interstitials the pictures that appear with the director credit and each one is kind of what it means and this week's looked to be it was actually the most kind of hard to decipher but it looked like the mines that the dredge was it the dredges no, no, not. It didn't look like the dredge. It looked like okay. um, the actual mines because you could see kind of um, uh, metal structures holding up, like what looked like to be rock or ice or stone. Uh, mm. It definitely wasn't the dredge. And that dredge I love because I'm a big fan of Gold Rush on Discovery Channel. And uh, <laughs> as soon as they showed that, I was like, oh, I know. Exa- Not only do I know exactly what that fucking thing is, but quite honestly, I could probably build it a working model of it out of Lego. I have watched so much of them. Well, you and Darwin can hang things. out when you babysit. <laughs> oh, you know, I love my Lego baby. Um, but yeah, the dredge Lego was very fun. I loved seeing that. And that that's uh that's a real thing. Those things are crazy. If anyone's a yeah, gold that was a great fan, set piece. Should, yeah, that, that, they're they're mm. pulling up some great set pieces there. All right, I took us down a totally different road solo. Sorry, I got excited. It's a, hey, you know, you get excited in night country. You got to let it let it flow. Yes. Let oh, it blossom. Hey. Let it grow. Speaking of which, I wanted to remind everybody at the start of the show, but I'll do it now because I just remember and saw it on a Facebook post here. They are releasing the next episode early on Friday on demand. So you go over to, I think on demand and also streaming obviously on max, but the show will still premiere on cable at the same time on Sunday. It'll just be available early. So it's not going to be running on HBO early. And if you watch it streaming on max on Friday, you get a free uh, a free SpongeBob toothpaste canister. <laughs> did, you, did that? Oh, that wasn't part of. No, no. Okay. Brett's supplying everyone with that. Oh, okay, good, good, yeah. good. Brett and Quavic, Quavic. Now it's Quavic. Quavic. Who? He is. Brett is convinced that he is somehow involved with all of this, but um. <sighs> Andy yeah, and I are going to be doing a pod on Friday. We're going to be talking about more of that. We've gotten so much feedback and Andy has some, I'm going to actually, I might save Andy's email or maybe we should discuss Andy's email today. So then we can discuss what you, what we thought of Andy's email with Andy on Friday. Yeah. Um, 
we can wrap it up with, uh, you know, like we, we tend to wrap up the show with a long email. That's very informative. <laughs> um, so I, I say we stick that to makes the, me tired stick to, to the plan. Makes um, you tired to read. And then I, I start thinking of other things and I'm like, and it's nothing against the guys sending the emails, but I uh, just, you know, um, this after talking an hour about this, my mind starts to, I know. Oh, nuts. Um, so I got to let me grab a couple things from the Facebook post here where I ask everyone, hey, leave your thoughts. And uh, since it's <laughs> is that what you say, you go, yeah. hey, leave your hey, thoughts, leave your thoughts. Um, uh, just leave them at the door. Leave them at the door. Quavic will. Uh, <laughs> Quavic. Yeah, that's we are got to call him Quavic now. Uh, but I do want to start with Grandpa James. Who puts happy a nice again. picture? Yes, happy birthday. Puts a nice picture of Rose, and and someone else had this question too uh, of our many our many emails that we received. I think it was either Mel, Laura, Marcus, Lori, uh, Michael, Mary, Susie, or Marianne. Thank you to all of them for writing into us. And the rest on Gilligan's Isle. <laughs> Sorry, Marianne. I, I had that. That was I good had, solo. Um, but Grandpa says, is Rose dead or real? Rose seems like, is she a ghost too? Alex points out that Pete says Rose found them. And also she's yeah. hanging out there, remember. But she's with Navarro. It seems like Navarro has a special relationship with Rose and I still, I, I don't know. Once he mentioned that, I was like, Hmm, what is up? With I would have believed if, if Pete didn't say Rose found the bodies or wrote, you know, I would have heard just talking to Navarro. It would make total sense. I love that. I just, yeah, I believe that Pete did mention Rose. Now, yeah. did she say ne near Rose's place or Rose actually Rose. contacted And yeah, also Danvers said the same thing. Rose okay. led okay. it to Damn him. it. So they Damn mentioned it, that was Rose. <laughs> yeah. But it is true, though, when I started thinking about Rose, first of all, I love her. Her house just seems so warm and like it's Christmas Eve every night. And this was such a weird Christmas episode, too. Like, could you imagine watching this episode on Christmas Eve or on Christmas? It's just there was nothing Christmassy except. Oh, I would love it because it makes my life seem better. <laughs> I mean, no That's offense true. to the night country peeps, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, no. I did. I really did like Pete's tree the way and it didn't really blink. It, it kind of like pulsed like it was a heartbeat. You know, I've never really seen a tree like that before where the lights were kind of like, wah, wah, instead of like blink, 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 <laughs> blink. It was very weird. But anyway, Rose's whole house, Rose herself, the stuff with Travis, she does have this really intimate relationship it seems with navarro and i wonder if rose doesn't know more than she's saying that's the thing i think i think she is a real person i think it's purposeful that she seems to exist in that thinny between the supernatural between night country and our country um but I in do, a big country. Oh, sorry. I love that song. Good man. song. Good song. What a great big song. country by big country. Yep. 
what I, I every once in a while I go down an internet rabbit hole looking up that band and be like, it's an interesting <laughs> story. Look them up. Look uh, them up. But what do you think, Solo? I think that Rose could know more than she's saying. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I think what Rose does and part of the relationship she has with Navarro, she's only given information to Navarro when Navarro asks. She doesn't necessarily come out and go beyond that. Like, I feel like she knows more, but is Navarro ready for it? Will Rose be the key to help Navarro get out of this state or to channel it so she can survive and have a life? Like, I just feel like she almost like a therapist in a way, but like she doesn't volunteer all her secrets, just what's relevant to what Navarro is asking. Like when she says, Rose, Rose isn't your real name. Right. And then she tells her, well, yeah, I was a professor, you know, blah, blah, blah. Writings didn't mean shit. And I moved out here to get away, <laughs> et cetera. But like, it, that's what it feels like. Like she's that Oracle for her, but she's kind of bringing her along as needed. That's I love that solo. I, I think that's really interesting. She is like the matrix, like the Oracle. I like that. Yeah, where where yeah. it's everything's kind of a riddle, right? It's almost, um, yeah. She's like a monk in some way too, or or she is the um, the guide between the worlds. She yes, right, the guiding her. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I feel like an interaction, perhaps now that we see Navarro in whatever state she's in. Perhaps Rose could be brought in to somehow mediate the situation. Is is Danvers going to finally just say, hey, look, we don't need to bring her to the hospital. We need to bring her to someone who understands what the fuck is happening here after yeah. what I experienced. She's going. It was, it was really interesting the way she found Otis. It was so dreamlike. Um, Alex points that out on the Facebook post, the editing. And I, when I was watching it, I found this to be very interesting as well because she finds Navarro before Otis says anything to her. And then we go back to Otis say it, it it's like a, it's flashing back and forth. Yeah, but that is weird. It's almost as if it made me think, and I don't even understand what I'm saying now that there's two Danvers that there wasn't one. It was not in succession that these things happened, but it is as if worlds split and they were happening on parallel timelines or in some weird way. And it made me then think it kind of threw my mind to flipping everything. Are they all dead? <laughs> right. oh shit like is this some kind of i have to throw it out there um you know there's been some movies like this i don't want to spoil them but where we think the people are fighting elf. <laughs> yeah elf that i loved all the elf in it that was the, that's so weird too it's like even elf is in this and it still didn't feel like christmas to me and there's snow <laughs> everywhere it was just so spooky it felt like it, it was like a nightmare before Christmas is basically what this was, right? Like the definition. Well, it's people living 
in a crappy place, living crappy lives, and they're trying to escape, but it's just not working because they keep getting interrupted. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the th- it's that. Yeah, it's weird because when even when Otis says he's a night country, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. what is night country? I couldn't help but think they're already in night country. We're we're watching like I feel like that part of the idea of the thinny or the the place where the supernatural and the real kind of meld together. We're seeing it over the course of the episodes too, right? Like we start with this right before the sun goes down and the bison, elk, reindeer, whatever the fuck they were, go flying off the side. And hey, we saw that guy again. Caribou. Caribou. I don't even know what a caribou is. Is it a reindeer? Um, Ryan, a caribou, a caribou? Ryan pointed out to, uh, to us that that guy was at, the nomad camp yes that's last episode and then this episode he's talk he's right up front yeah he he, he's the main guy that they've been talking to with with our our bearded guy with the knife who was carving out so yeah that's him as soon as i saw him i go where have i oh dude that's the dude from the first scene that's yeah that's interesting and i i was hoping because I was thinking, oh my God, Ryan was right. There he is. And then I was hoping he was going to say, and by the way, Danvers, I saw some fucking animals go off the cliff right before this all started happening. And she would be like, yeah, thanks a lot for that one, buddy. Um, but, uh, oh, well, she wasn't there this time, but it was, uh, what's his name? Pete Navarro. But yeah. Or as they call him this episode, Pryor. Pryor. Even his wife, prior even his wife has Pryor in her phone. Well, Okay, that's so like, I'm that's gonna, your I'm last gonna, name now, isn't it? You're his wife. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna back that up though. Why, whether it was a production error or not, I don't think so. Because no, when you meet someone right for the first time and put them in their phone, you kind of put whatever name you remember, like, and then you don't change it. Like, it's my yes. wife's is still her regular name in my phone, like before I married her. Like, so that could happen. Like, all oh, this white boy prior. Boom, put prior in the phone. Yes, okay. Yeah. I got his totally, number. Totally. And then you just cute. don't change it. I actually yeah. had an ex girlfriend who would sometimes call me Foley. And I always thought it was kind of right, cute. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, I could imagine, I don't know that we had cell phones back then. But, um, you know, I, I, I thought that, <laughs> no, I thought it was kind of cute, too, in a way. Um, but anyway, I was saying, yeah, I wasn't all like, oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, this all made me think of the idea that we've already crossed over and that this six episodes, we started crossing over at really at the end of episode three and episode four is in the night country and we're on the other side now. And maybe right. we have to come back. And that is, I think Rose will have something to do with it. Let me read a little bit mm. of what Alex has. Um, okay. And this is what he's talking about. There was some time fuckery or strange editing at the end where Liz was talking to Otis and it was interwoven with the scenes of her going to find Navarro by the Christmas tree. Is, is the actress playing the spooky ghost girl someone we've seen before? 
I saw a tattoo on her chest but couldn't read what it said. This spooky ghost lady looks similar to the picture Pryor's son drew in episode one. Interesting. Um, oh, the, uh, oh, what is, it's the, uh, yeah, the the girl who's in a boat with her parents and they cut off her fingers and and, and threw her into the ocean. That whole yeah, um, that wonderful bedtime story. That beautiful, that beautiful Christmas yes. uh, Eve. <laughs> um, uh, fairy he also tale. points out: looks like they're going to make us wait the full series to reveal Danvers' dead family details, and that's true. We still we know, and Navarro, when touching the polar bear, gets a flash to the flash he had of the kid saying, "Tell my mom." Right? Yeah. But she doesn't say to her, I saw your son in a vision, but she knows it's her. And there we're speaking openly. Also, um, Christopher Eccleston, who I can never remember, his character has an Irish. Ted, Ted Conley. 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 Thank you. I knew it. Um, Conley (laughs) mentions her husband and her son. But so. We're getting like these little, I love the way they're rolling it out, but like uh, Alex says, we still don't know really the full details. Um, Strange Navarro's sister folded her clothes neatly, walked to ice similar to the corpsicle bodies. Navarro has a long history of seeing spookies all the way back to Wheeler. Got another tidbit about Wheeler, but still not the complete story. They're really teasing out the details on everything bit by bit. They really are because we still don't know who shot him. Because Hank shows up and shoots him. I I think you might be right. So at this point, I think you might be right because Navarro does not look like she's going to shoot anybody at that point. She's not even looking at him. Yeah. Danvers has the gun right on him. Yep. So it makes you think, but there's something more because didn't, did Pete in this episode mention something about the Wheeler? Oh, he doesn't know because he said something. I'm like, wait a minute. He wouldn't have been there. I, I got to go back and, and, and he says something about it unless he got it from his dad or he knows because I don't know. Well, I'm I sure he I don't knows about it. You know, I'm well, sure Danvers seems... just told him about it, but did he, do you think, yeah, he probably knows from his dad I mean, or he, from his dad yeah. or something. He, he seems like the know. type who would stay late and just looking at old files in the right, you know, right. or finding out um, stories. One thing Otis mentions that since we're in this uh, area, the Raymond Clark, he went back down to hide, he says. So do you think uh, Raymond Clark is in those ice caves hiding? And that's kind of kind of be one of our final set pieces. Hey, we got to uh, get to these ice caves. We got to get to the mine, right? Like we still haven't right. been down in the mines. We st- and we got to get into the ice caves. Obviously, something's going on here. Um, who? Wait, someone else wrote us. Gosh, we got so many emails. I I, I try to read them all just so I can take, have them take, in my mind. Take a mind. breath, Axel. Take a breath. We will get you home <laughs> for Christmas Eve with your family. I but, will not um, call you to go pick up Ando. Just let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to put on Elf in the background. I, I gotta put on Elf anyway. Now that you said that, I can't remember what I was what? gonna say. Um, but oh. there was something someone was saying about. Um, someone had said something about the mines or <laughs> the um the bones that are in there. Oh no. It was someone had pointed out, Andy pointed this out. How did they not know about these 
caves that were near her because both Danvers and Navarre were like, there's no ice caves around here. And then the guy's like, oh, no, they're right over there. Yeah, but no, but they've been, because of they're a death trap, no one goes there anymore. So this possibility they didn't know about them. That's true. Because I guess you don't they're, they're getting that information for the first time. I mean, you, yeah, you might. I mean, if they never had to go there or never knew they, you know, you, you might hear about K, but, you, you know, in passing, or you may not even know, you know, you just might not know. Yeah, that's like, true. Because no one goes there and everything. And that's one of the big things, a big secret is any Kotak is down there and all that. And no, you know, no one knows only certain people know about it. That's why I think, I don't think the police uh, really knew about it. I mean, actually I think Ted knows about it. I think Ted's behind the Annie Kotak killing. Oh, Axel. really? I think Hank is his, I think everyone's leading towards Hank is cause he's such an asshole and whatever. And Hank's behind it. But I think Ted is, why did he come back? He's sticking around. He's why did he, he Ooh. says, you know, he shipped, he shipped Danvers over, because he's part you know, of the need a change. cult out here. Yes. Mm. He, um, I think he's the one guiding everything. And cause he seems like a simple dude. And, but to keep her at bay, he sends her to Ennis. Oh, you, you know, you were worried that I was going to take your job No, because I got the backing of the main people in this community and whatnot. He's running for mayor next year. She says last episode, I think Ted is behind a lot of this. And I think Hank m- was instructed to do stuff. Cause like when you see when, when, when Ted first shows up in episode two and Hank's just giving him info, boom, boom, boom. Like, it's just like he has either this hold on Hank or respect. Hank has respect for him or what does Hank actually know? What does he want to believe? But I think Ted's the real, uh, bad guy here. I love, I, I think this is a great theory and it goes along with obviously stuff we've seen from season one, right? Um, like these people, like kind of the guys sure. in power. I like that. Yep. That's interesting. I got another. Theory. Yeah, I got another theory for you coming from Alex. Did Quavic <laughs> <laughs> Navarro <laughs> lost the stone with the spiral while being patched up by Quavic? Did he take it? I think Quavic seems too good to be innocent. I got my eyes on him. So uh, so does Brett. Brett is down with Brett the Q. Does, yeah. He this is it, man. Q Quavic is uh is on, is on the uh take here. He's the supernatural people are are uh are keeping his business alive by buying burgers at night when the place is closed. <laughs> the Quavic burger. So he's That's so good. And Gina's like that would be interesting if he's if he's fucking, you know, the person trying to say, solve the case. Well, I think that's half right, but I think it's Ted. <laughs> I think Quavic, Quavic, now I'm calling him Quavic. Uh, fuck it, we'll just call him Quavic. Everyone laugh, drink, or whatever. When we say Quavic, drinking game. Um, yeah, no, that's a great idea, especially early on, because you're like, okay, this guy, whatever. But I, his reaction when he sees Danver, I mean, uh, Navarro all beaten up. I mean, I guess you could yeah. be crazy behind things that still love someone. He's too genuine. I, yes, he's too I, genuine. I don't buy this. I, Sorry, guys. He's yeah. yeah, he's way too genuine. But use that that energy and that theory 
and throw it over to Ted yes. and then start yep. to yep. start to percolate there because I, like I do believe that is what's going to happen. And I hate to say this because it's like the old law and order theory. If a big guest star is in an episode, he's probably the killer or yeah. lead prosecutor. And so Chris Eccleson's a big time actor, John Hawks too. I'm, I'm wondering John Hawks who plays Hank Pryor. I'm like, what? I mean, he took the role and I'm, you know, unfortunately in my movie mind, I'm like, well, what big thing is going to be revealed that he would do? There this has role? to be. Yeah, there has to be. There has to be something. And I hate having to do that, but that's just, that's just the way it is nowadays with, with TV. You just, you know, it's not John Hawks before he became big. And then he becomes something You're like, oh, this guy is awesome. He's already John Hawks. You know what I mean? Where Quavik, I mean, you could put that there. We don't know who this actor is. And all of a sudden, you know, he's the killer or, or involved. And you're like, Oh, this guy. And then we see him everywhere. So it, it yeah. could happen either way, but I just feel like there's re Ted is really his things. I just, I don't trust him. I'm down with now. your Ted idea. 100% solo. I love it. And I'm not on Kovic or Quavic, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> I we'll call him Quavic. Was Qua wasn't Quavic. Was that the thing from, um, uh, but that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie when it's like growing out of his back. Is I've that... never heard Quavic ever. I heard Kwame, Kavik, Kavik. Qua... Oh, okay. Never heard of Quavic. Um, but it could be. could be something growing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when he goes to Mars? <laughs> what movie is that? Oh, Total thing? Recall? Total, Total recall, recall, yeah. What, what's the oh, thing growing know. out of his back? I can't remember. A Quavic. Is it Quavic? I think it is. Well, that's like there's one time where Remember the quarterback for the Lions, Charlie Batch? Yes, I do. And I, so I'm talking to my dad one day. We're talking about Rain Man, and we're talking about the Lions and this Charlie Batch. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is that is that Tom Cruise's character, Charlie Batch? <laughs> and I'm like, Charlie Batch? Charlie Batch? I'm like, yeah, it, is. it is. It's Charlie Batch. It's Charlie Babbitt or oh. Ab Babbitt. But it's not Charlie Batch. But, so, anyway, <laughs> oh, you convinced me there for a second. See, I was yeah, I know, right? You. It's convincing. It's like, Charlie Batch. We're in solo Charlie country, like, baby. Um, or in solo country. Bill says, is. Bill Hennessy says, they have a lot of ground to cover in just two episodes. Very true. I expected something to turn them in a direction that made sense, but not yet. The orange from under the bed was creepy. Very true. <laughs> Very true, Bill. Um, just was. two episodes. That's it. I mean, we've only got two episodes. Um, yeah. Uh, Maria, if I'm pronouncing correctly, I hope I ate all my fingernails, the spooky ghost, Navarro's sister, so sick, then died, the polar bear with an injured eye, the drawing at Takax, Navarro's ear and look on her face. The one lighthearted bit was the GF not showing up on the flight. Guess he got scammed. That's sad, too. I end up with stomach pain every week. That was very poetic. Oh, that was, I was about to say, that was like the night country poem. I know, it's like a haiku. Oh, oh man. You know, we love haikus. Yeah. So I want to say something since I'm on the, since I co-host this pod. And now I can't remember what the hell I was going to say. <laughs> the girlfriend, um, we're going to talk about the girlfriend not showing up, weren't you? We didn't know, but that. Oh, okay. that was that. I wasn't. I mean, we saw that coming and then Pete's like, you didn't send her money, did you? Oh, and Laura, he's like, well, yeah. Laura had a great. I put it on the Facebook page. Laura had a great theory that it's Danvers catfishing him. 
And when, <laughs> yeah, and when Pete, it, you you gotta watch because on the second, on the first time I watched, I didn't quite catch it enough. But on the second watch, when Pete, when she says, "Go get your dad to go find him," when they're putting a lookout for Otis, and Pete says, uh-huh. "Everyone's already looking um, for uh, for what's his name, our original uh, runaway scientist." Raymond. Raymond, right? No Clark. He says, everyone's looking for Clark. He says, well, my dad's at the airport. And as soon as he says it, her face kind of twitches. And she, and I was like, oh, it's shit. It is her. But I, I, I'm kind That would of, be awesome. Yeah. That would be very awesome because there's definitely, there's bad blood between them. And we, yeah, the, the red herring would be that they slept together. To me, that would be the easy thing. I think it's. I think that's why I'm starting to more so believe in your Hank shot Wheeler theory, because that could be the bad blood between them. You know, right? And she had to cover it up or something. You know what I mean? So right. Right. I, I think that's that's a good one if she's catfishing him. Um, oh, that that might be the best, and she doesn't want to ruin it. Because right, because she might be fuck that. Tell Hank to tell her to get a cab, right? But instead, she lets it yeah. play out. She lets it play out. Oh, that's brilliant! I think that's brilliant. <laughs> Didn't even think of that. Woo, that's yeah, that good. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I like that. So I want to uh, real quick the polar bear. So now we see Danvers almost got in an accident. Saw a polar bear. Navarro saw the polar bear. Of course, Danvers throws the Holden's pet polar bear out, and I was expecting it to roll back. <laughs> oh God! Which, but but you're and you're right too. Now seeing Holden, he it does look, uh, you know, Native American. Like I, I didn't see that when we the first flash, but you're totally right. Oh, the her I saw son? it clearly. Her son, yeah, yes, like, he I, definitely looks. For some reason, sense, I was conf- yeah. I didn't see whatever the lighting or whatever. But then now I really saw it, so that makes sense. But could the polar bear not be real? Do you think the polar bear is real? Um, Could this be Danvers crossing into night country and now is going to start seeing stuff? That I. What are your thoughts? I like that. I, I think that's very interesting. James actually says, did the polar bear keep Danvers from having a crash and dying? Was it protecting? Is the polar bear oh. a, a protector? That's what I'm saying. I think we're seeing multiple supernatural forces here. And that is that what night country is? Is that everything, the polar bears, her son, the orange could be a gift from like a, a beckoning from the mother that right from Navarro, Navarro's mom, the right. the, the dead girl in Wheeler was somebody else related to, it's all bleeding through, you know? So I kind of, once James said that, I was like, I think that might be true because the whole thing with Danvers getting so wasted this episode was very interesting. Forcing Pete again, they keep on harping. It's why do they keep on harping on Pete's marriage? That is really becoming a central issue in this show. If you're talking outside of the mystery that is one of the most persistent um, 
I, I don't know, uh, I like relationship items. I don't know what you would call it. Uh, I, I don't know. Solo help me out here. You're an actor. It, it's a, it's a, a motivations that they, that there is, yeah, that it's- she's forcing him even like when he's showing her the stuff, like I looked over here, she pushes him aside, right? Like she physically pushes him Yeah. in the, there's something going on with them. And a couple times she, uh, they, they call someone says something like your, that's your mom. Or I think the wife might say, is that really, is this some kind of weird fucked up thing where Danvers is just fucked up and Pete is really a, a representation of her young son grown up. She's projecting onto him or yeah, cause he goes, she calls him my boy. That's my yeah, boy. Okay, There you go. That's what it is. Yeah. So I find that to be fascinating. Um, and then Hank really got Pete's wife pregnant. It wasn't. Oh God. Pete. Oh, 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 whoa. I really Night country. Pete's so wife, for I just, that's the other thing is like, what's up with Pete's wife? She gets so mad at him, but like, it's his job. Like he's a cop. What did you, I mean, you know what I'm saying? And then when he says, you know, just admit it, you never wanted to have the baby. You're stuck with yeah, me. And I then we screwed s- up your life. And then yeah. is that another sign in the phone where it's his last name, not his first name, right? That's not as personal, right? Yeah. Um, they're really going deep on this relationship with P- Pete and his wife, but she does also has is very hateful of of not only Danvers, but maybe it's also the system that he represents, right? I mean, he's a fucking white cop, right? To her, yeah. That well, it does seem something. like she's more she's more upset that it's Danvers calling and doing it. If it was his dad, I wonder if it would be different. You know what I mean? It seems the root of it. I mean, granted, she wants him home for Christmas Eve. She wants, she's trying to get some control back, like come home, you know, give your kid a bath. Like she's trying not to like, you know, she could be feeling I'm doing everything here and I'm going in nursing school and I'm not getting any help from you as she told us, but it just feels like it's Danvers is the main cog of it. Mm, I mean, she does mention, you know, when I met you, you weren't a cop and all that, but I just feels like there's something with Danvers. There's a lot of potential here of a lot. I mean, they're harping on Danvers, you know, sleeping around and different things. And so it just, it's um, rich. It's a rich tapestry that they have weaved here in these four episodes. And it gets, it's not, it goes deep for the personal relationships, the professional relationships and these supernatural mythical uh cultural relationships too it's kind of crazy man i love it let's did you find it weird go ahead buddy oh real quick you know when um when they're at um oliver's place and then our the the nomads come out in full force and she holds up when navarro holds up the rock with the symbol yeah the dogs go crazy now with the dogs going crazy over the symbol or just that she was showing a rock, you know, I'm trying, I'm starting to think like, what, you know, I, I'm like everything, like you were saying before, I we're getting hit by all different. Yeah. That was interesting, angles. man. Cause the dogs kind of, the dogs kind of go weird. And then the guys group together. They like yeah, walk, like they take the like guys. In the it's back like 300. And forward. Yeah, exactly. Spartans. Very true. Yeah. Right. Like shields up. There's a reaction yeah. to it. Oh, 
And I think, um, did I mention the part where where uh, Alex says maybe Quavik stole the stone? What's up with that? Maybe he did. Maybe he, he yeah. God, there's something. Okay, let's talk. Kevin has some good stuff. Um, some are dying by being drawn into ice, water, suicide. Others murdered. Salal scientists terrified to point of having heart attack and dying. Two different forces, people at work. I do think that. Dredges dig up sand from the ocean floor. More poking, probing into the earth, just like the mine and ice coring by the scientists. Interesting. I like this is another like haikus. One myth of Sedna <laughs> is that she was killed while hanging onto a boat and her fingers were cut off. Her fingers then became seals, whales, and walruses. Bones of all three were found in Raymond Clark's van. Ooh. Ooh. Wiki says all the myths of Sedna says her father took her to sea in a kayak and cut off her fingers. She sank to the bottom of the sea and is a vengeful goddess. She must be placated by hunters with offerings. Oh, like the beginning. So she will release the sea animals for the hunt, which takes us back to episode one. When Navarro first goes to the crab processing plant, the owner tells her there aren't many crabs this year and it's been getting worse every year. All signs point to the mining, ice coring, and dredging having awakened Sedna and she ain't happy. Is she surfacing to get her own offerings by murder and suicide or generally sending a message that humans need to get the hell out of here? Ooh. Rose said not to yeah. confuse the supernatural with mental health issues. So maybe the suicides are mental health and the terrifying killings are Sedna? Inter that is interesting that Rose said that. Yeah. You know, yeah. because that is a, you know, in the same way that, I mean, as we become more aware of people and try to become a little bit more empathetic towards each other as a culture and society, hopefully, you realize that there are certain tropes like that, right? Like mistaking the supernatural. Oh, they're just, they really are crazy, right? Right, um, right. And it does seem like, Navarro's family, you're going to say, is it a history of mental illness or is it a history of the supernatural or is it both? Yeah. Or is it how the supernatural affects you and you yeah. think you're having mental problems, but that's why I think Navarro has a chance here to be more like a rose maybe, or take it in and not freak out yes and yeah. and, and, and and live with it in a sense i like that that she's <clears throat> i like that solo that she's faced with a a challenge to herself there to move through this and not oppose it and and just accept it um, yeah because i think she's strong she's definitely stronger than her mom and her sister i mean i mean just i mean we don't know their past how strong they were before this, but I just feel like Navarro, if someone's going to be able to channel this and get through it and live with it, it's her. Um, I, I don't think she's just going to break. Now we think near the Christmas tree feels like she broke, or maybe this is just a stepping stone for her to be like, you know what? I saw what I saw. I'm not going to let this kill me and I'm going to figure out how to deal with this. And, you know, hopefully a good outcome for Navarro. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, she may get more in touch with her culture. And, and let it be like, you know, how, when they were, that when Annie was doing the, the birth in the, in the, in the water, you know, yeah. and then she came in and just kind of 
like that was the first moment we saw her really not be a tough cop, but be part of a community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that's the thing is with, uh, with Leah, what she's going through, she's on, I'm not going to say a downward spiral, but she's wants to, she's done with her stepmom Danvers. She's, you know, she wants, she's trying to learn. You see her when, when they're doing, you know, with her, cooking the, with the dough she's really like feels like herself when she's around women of her culture and yeah. but or she's her, also yeah, getting she, a little yeah and her people you're right she's tying into herself and hey we are looking at a spiral here and a, you say is it a downward spiral solo or is she getting to the end of the maze right which way is she starting yeah to? spiral and, and really um, figuring out what's right and what's wrong here yeah um, but by like spray that. painting by spray painting it's funny because that scene was interesting because she's like I don't ruin my daughter's life i'm like what about what and then oh she's in the security car like i liked how they did that you didn't know right away you're thinking she just called because danvers is the cop and you know blah 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 get this cleaned up and then it's like I want to press charges. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't, I don't, it's Christmas. I don't, don't ruin my daughter's life. And then you're like, why would she? Oh, security's got her in the car. Like that's why. Like I liked that. And I also liked another when when Navarro and Jules are in her um, in her truck, and they're like looking at each other, and Jules nods. Like I knew there that was a great moment not to say, hey, Jules, I'm taking you to the lighthouse. Okay. Yes, I know it's time. No, a simple nod, a simple facial expression showed it all. And it was, yeah. it was, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. I mean, we, we, there's so many mysteries here that we don't often give the credit to this great cast, the direction of this, this cinematography, so this is shot. Oh, it's unbelievable. So, God damn. There's so crazy. There's a shot. I mean, I love all the exterior shots. We're getting more of the light going towards light and darkness. But the the, the simple shot, you're in a closed space. How do you make how do you make the camera move a little but looks when Jules and Navarro are sitting together and the camera pans behind the wall and Danvers is there? Right. Like just, oh, you know, solo. I was going to say the same thing. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, you... I love that shot, dude. Oh. And, and you know what was so cool about it too is if you notice, it was a circular arc out of the room. It was not. Yes. It it, it was very, and you know, it's like tracks. They laid down tracks, and but it makes it feel so w interesting and weird. Rather than just pull, you could also just pull back straight and you would have seen her there, right? Yeah. But by coming around the corner, it you see them, then they are obscure, then you see her, and then you see them together, right? And then when she comes, I was just rewatching that scene again because I was just kind of fast. I, before we do the pod, even if I do a second watch, I always just, I kind of fast forward through the whole show and I just see all the images again. Cause once I see the image, it kind of yeah. gets me thinking about it. While we're doing the pod, I throw it on the TV as background. There you go. Just to see, you know, without sound, that's my yep. third watch. I like it. <laughs> Not the um, show on NBC. But. Now we are uh, we're 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 a good way. In, oh, we're at oh we're we're at one oh eight lost style. Um, into the pod. <laughs> oh, 
And I did want to mention one thing because we have been big lovers of this show. I, I really have loved it so far. I look forward to it each and every week. It's not only fun to watch, but it's deep and cool and all that kind of stuff and creepy, of course, creepy. But there's one thing that bothered me this episode, and I want to point it out. You pointed it out, okay. I think, two episodes ago. I just am not a fan of the music in this show. I, I, I like when there's some orchestration. I do not like when there are songs like people singing. Yeah. I think they all sound very, it's a style of kind of like this. It's very whispery vocals in a lot of it. And it's like creepy and it's just, it's doing too much. That's all I can say. If I was an editor in the editing room, having been an editor for a very long time, I would have said, you know what, everybody, let's try something that's not so on the nose, even lyrically, like some of the lyrics and they are, you can tell, or I think I can tell, I could be wrong, that they are pushing the vocal mix on the songs higher and mm. the, and you're uh, at certain points to push what is being said in the lyrics and relating it to this. Sh- I am never a fan of this. As a matter of fact, I'm not a fan of any lyrical music in cinema unless it's used or television, unless it's used very well. And, and a lot of times it's not. And there's obviously some great examples of it being of great songs in movies that have lyrics. But generally speaking, I'm much more in favor of a score than I am yeah. anything with lyrics. And I think that that is the one I just had to go on this rant. It doesn't. Ruin- and let me continue it. Okay. This rant, because <laughs> in the early 2000s. It, what started was you would get the end of an episode, mostly network TV, and they would do a montage and play a, a hit song, right? That become cold case. And well, cold case did it because they were going back to the times and they were playing songs of that time. I was fine, but every show started doing that, you know, Grey's Anatomy, whatever, whatever it was. Then it got to a point where needle drops like Scorsese does it, you know, in his films. That's what I'm thinking um, of. That these are great examples, but it could also be not good. Well, no, that's where I'm leading towards. I'm leading towards I some know. of the good, but Yellow Jackets ruined it for me. Um, and also American Hustle, the movie. I thought there was too much music in it. It was trying to be Scorsese, like it was just too much, even though I love the music, it was just too much for me. But Yellow Jackets, I mean, it got to a point where season one, everyone was all excited about the 90s needle drops. Oh, Dinosaur Jr. or whatever. Oh, I love that song. Then it's like it became more than the show. And then like the last, the one episode of Yellow Jackets. Yeah, they played The Killing Moon. They played a cover and the song. And it was just all songs throughout. And it was like, okay, we get it. Needle drops. Stop trying to upstage every scene. We don't need it all. If you're going to have it, have it a little in the background at the VHS shop or something, have it in the little background where on a second, 
Stephen King style, where it's playing in the back and the, and and it's it's part yeah. of it's what is it called? It's not. It's called exegesis when something is outside of the world of the film or or television show or theater or whatever. For instance, when the song is playing. And you know as the audience that you are hearing it, but the people in the film are not hearing it, right? Which is what happens with score, right? You assume that score is only being heard by the audience. That's an assumption that you make based upon your prior experience of watching TV and film and growing up with it. We don't think about these things, but it's true. When you mix that, such as it sounds like it's, playing to the audience and then all of a sudden the person lifts their headphones and you hear it or they turn down the radio. Yeah. Right? yeah. When you do that, which they didn't used to do all that often, but it has become so cliche now. That's why right. I think we both agree. I don't like I just I like score and I don't and and the this show using songs that have lyrical content that allude to what is happening on the screen is too much. It's too much. I, it's too, I agree. With I don't you, need it. It's, it takes me out. It totally it takes, me, takes out. me out. I'm okay with a song in the closing credits. If you want to do a song entourage did that and it was kind of cool, but that was entourage, you know, that fit. And I'm okay silly. with yeah. it. If yes. you play. Yeah, of course. That's that's but, a great but point, like, solo. That's yeah, it's just the tone. It got too, it's too. just too much, right? I mean, there was that one episode where we heard Spice Girls. We heard all these. The one I brought up, I felt like, what am I watching a music video? Like it's too much, right. and you know, and believe me, we love this show, and it's just, I, it just it for me, it just takes me out. I don't want a lot of. If they're in a bar, play a song. Okay, I'm cool with that. Yes. You know, and that's one of the things when we did, when I did my film, the star city murders, one of the things we have a little music, but it's two separate bar scenes. That's the only time you hear a lyrical music and it's really in the background. You can't hear it a lot. And the rest is score dialogue and sound effects. And I think for a detective show, that's what it should be. Um, yeah. You know, if there's something for the character, maybe, you know, we, you want to let us know what Leah's hearing while she's in her room, you know, doing things. And then she takes her head off. That's fine. Okay. Drop a song there and it's over, but don't make it so big. Like you're saying with lyrics and what's happening. Like I love the Billie Eilish songs, but it's a little, it was a little too much. Oh, is that okay. You know? That's another thing I had to say. I'm not going to get into it now, but I wasn't a fan of the songs to be either. I was going to say like, I don't think they're great songs, but that's just me. I, I don't want to go down that road. I got to admit, then we're getting into a lot it. of the songs. I'm sorry, actually. I, I got to admit, a lot of these songs I actually do like because they're bands I've never heard of or oh, okay. they're kind of alternative. But I'm not going to. I thought it was effective a couple of times, maybe in the first episode, but then it got too much when they were doing all the Spice Girls and all that. I mean, the Spice Girls in the car, it, it makes sense. But just if because we had so many others, yes, it was too much. That's, yeah, yeah, and that's, then that's it. That's and I don't different. mean to keep keep repeating myself, but um, um, I'll give no, you an example 
uh, and and you know what I like too is things that have weird lyrics that you really that um like the um the expanse theme which is which is not not real words um if you've heard it before and the raised by wolves theme which I loved too which were just kind of like strange words I but yeah I don't know I guess we should get off yeah. this topic because now Billie Eilish fans are like, Axel sucks. I was like, no, I'm sorry. I have nothing. I don't even know. I'm 50 years old. I listen to jazz. I have nothing to say about modern music. I know nothing about it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I stopped listening to I'm music obsessed in like 1999. I'm obsessed with music current for i mean i i'm you do I you know music. shit that i don't know solo i yeah i could not i've but, never i've heard one taylor swift song and people think i'm joking when i say it i'm not i've only ever heard shake it off because my my niece used to sing it but other than that <laughs> i don't listen to the radio i don't go on youtube i don't i know nothing about modern music at all okay i do and I love it and I love all kinds of music, but when it's overdone and shows thrown in your face, it's a little yeah. too much. This Done. was a good combo Let's though, Solo. I liked it. No, it is. I liked it. It is. That was a good little, little off the topic of, but still on the topic. Um, let me. Okay. Oh, Andrea, who told me how to pronounce her name correctly and has oh, been good. giving some great Great feedback on yeah. Facebook. Glad to have you there. Okay, so my theory about her mom being the ghost is looking pretty strong. When the orange rolled out from underneath the bed and baby girl saw the ghost, wasn't that their mother? They zoomed in on the cross necklace. And I also believe it appeared to Navarro. She threw this stuff we talked about. She threw it out the window. Then when they were talking about Wheeler, mom was on the ground again. And what am I assuming the murdered wife's ghost I can't remember what episode Navarro said that her mom was calling her, right? And I do remember Rose saying that the dead want you with them. I am curious as to why Navarro lied about seeing the two ghosts. That is an interesting question, isn't it? Because she doesn't yeah. seem to... Um, she doesn't... And Oh, we had asked... Oh, remember... Um, the, kind of beginning of the pot i was like she's asking her you saw something did it and i didn't even ask that question why would she lie she seems open to telling danvers about this stuff or is it just that the that danvers I, is such a scully no i think i think navarro doesn't want to admit that she sees things because she'll be because like then her, she'll go yeah. down the road of her mother and her sister she's fighting it and that's, that's why that's very true solo totally that's that's my that's my with you that's what i think is why uh just from her character and what we know that that's how that's what i feel oh um she also points out the last scene where danvers is talking to otis and navarro simultaneously is so weird i'm really thinking about that a lot um you know i was wondering axel it, was it just a choice to just mess up the time? Was she seeing Danvers, but it wasn't Danvers? Maybe she hasn't gotten there yet. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many different Is it ways. Alternate you could... realities, or or what? She's in the night country with right, like she's crossed over. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think it's metaphor that's for a, that. 
I think so. Yeah. I, you know what? I would lean towards that more than anything. That would seem because this whole thing of you're now in the night country. Okay, bro. What does that mean? <laughs> Is Dan just going to start seeing shit now? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like no. what, you know. Mm. No, Andrea points out this is the first time Danvers was open to Navarro and Navarro shut it down. We see Danvers soft side again. It's almost like she can have complete sympathy for the native women, but can't share that openly with her daughter. It's just like we see she's worried. She's a very complex character, right? She, yeah, her, it's, it seems to come off as hate, but it's concerned. It's misplaced. She doesn't know how to connect. But it seems well, so obvious, too, but we all have that in our life sometimes, right? Because Danvers knows something with Navarro. Because remember when Navarro's breaking down at her house and, and she's starting to talk about it and, and Danvers like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. You know, it's almost like she's like, please don't go that road. You know? You're going to, you know, and, and it was a very interesting scene. I would suggest everyone rewatch it, how Danvers reacts. And I was like, wait, does she not want to hear it and be a part of it? Or she doesn't want Navarro to go down that road like she's losing it. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. very interesting. Scene. Yeah. And I guess Kevin was listening to the official podcast and he's saying that the showrunner was saying just that solo, just exactly what you oh, said. Oh, really? Yep. And also... Oh, okay. Um, she's because she's fearful. Um, and the showrunner also mentions in passing that some characters are seeing delusions because of their illness. Others are connected to the spiritual world. Navarro is both. Man, we should just have, uh, what do you need to listen to the showrunner for? We, we just said that about 15, 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, without ago. knowing. <laughs> See, this is the thing. And, no, that's, and I, that's a good I'll show. go back. I'll go back and listen to the official pod. Like when we're done, I listened to like 10 minutes and it just felt too, like, I like doing the pod, not having all this information from interviews and the showrunner. I like to dissect it just from what we see and interact with our listeners and, and, and go from there. I don't Me like too. being persuaded by yep. news articles and what the showrunner says, because there's a lot of normal people who watch true detective Justin will just watch it. So, you know, and that was the big thing with lost we got down to the point where we listen to everything because you know, that's just what we did. So I try not to like, even when I listen to other pods, they bring stuff from Reddit and all that. And that's what that does frustrate me. So I almost feel like I got to listen to pods after the show because I want to go on our own ideas and what we think we see. And then if we're wrong, we're wrong, but that's the fun. That's the fun part of it. Yeah. Totally, buddy. I'm going to make a TikTok totally. video of my sandwich right now. Now, listen, we're at an hour and a half here, and Andy and I are going to be doing another podcast on Friday, like I said, where we talk. Okay. We, so let's, let's end with this. It is his birthday. And by the way, if we didn't get to your feedback, we'll, get, we'll hopefully get to it on Friday. If you have any other thoughts, email us at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go on the Facebook uh, group and join and, and put a post up there. And uh, as I said always, too, if we don't remember to mention specifically, uh, I read everything. So my ideas are formed by your thoughts and theories and feedback. So thank you. But James, birthday boy, says, is this the face of a killer? And guess whose picture he puts up? Navarro. 
Is she, in fact, a person with multiple personalities? Evangeline mentions that Julia had bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, blood is blood. And after what we just heard from the showrunner, that Navarro has both, right? She has mental health issues. She's also connected to the supernatural. Could it be that Navarro is someone we don't quite fully understand? Mm, split personality is also the third thing. Dual personnel, whatever it's called. Or or um, she's taken over by a sp- the night country lives inside oh, Jesus. Her. Jesus. No. I, it's a great thought. I just don't want, I love Navarro's my favorite. And I don't, want, <laughs> I want her to kick all those guys. I, I bet you in real life, she could have kicked all three of those guys with her boxing background. But um, I, I just, when she got beat up, oh man, I was like, take him out. And then she was getting beat up. And I'm like, uh, and then he was kicking her. And then I'm thinking of Annie Kotak getting kicked. And I'm like, are you are, real quick before we end? I know, like you said, we're going to get to uh, you and Ando are going to go Friday and get into all the other feedbacks. We'll have a bonus pod for you. Uh, and I think we're going to record normally probably on Monday or Tuesday after the episode for next week. But what the hell was I going to say? Why did I, I see? I went on a little tangent to try to be podcast professional and then I forgot. A, like, <laughs> <laughs> well right, you know what we're in night country man. i'm in the night country the, the, freaking... the visions flow to and fro oh, i got it do you like you know when she drives past the guy that she she arrested and put the baileys in her in his truck he flips her off when he comes back we didn't do nothing and they fight are you okay with them flashing to let us know who that guy is or is that I, I you know, much? Solo, that's a great question. Um, I didn't like it, but I understand it. I also think in a show that is so nuts that they they would have to do that like every scene flashback to something <laughs> else that happened, it was a bit much. I feel like that was a note from HBO. And I feel like when, oh yeah. When, right? They hand in the show. HBO comes back and says, well, people aren't going to know who this guy is that she beats up. And we want, so now we have to relate it to her entire, the entire history of not only is it him, but he beat up his wife, girlfriend. It's like the Wheeler case. Why don't we just take 10 minutes and do a little mini episode on it? You know, scan this QR code, go to HBO.com and find out. More. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I didn't like yeah. it, but it's. Yeah, you know, I didn't either. Quick. But I mean, it could be a quick thing, too. It could be her vision in her head when she looks at him. That's what she thinks of. Yeah. You know, it's fine. But I, yeah, I just was like, all right, we know. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have any distinct features. Uh, so I get it. But. I don't know. I just feel like the people that are really into this show and what anyone watching the show, I'm sure is, is uh kind of smart. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, do we really need I to, I, I don't know. We, we got good bands. Gosh, as we're going to end the show, I keep on looking at the, our great feedback and Susie had a really interesting link that Navarro's mom was the test subject at Talal and that oh jesus i'm freaking my mind's getting blown somehow right 
And oh, Annie so knew about you, it. Guys. Annie knew about it. And that was the real connection they had. And it's some secret shit going on. Oh, damn. Man, we're okay. We'll get more into All right, this on save Friday. it because yeah, yeah. You guys, there's a lot of content for you and Ando to go through on Friday. So I, yeah, it, we could go for another two hours and we can't. Uh, but <laughs> damn, this is getting good. I love I love when listeners, uh, our friends send stuff in because it just makes you think, and I love it. Oh love Jesus! It. And then what do you know? I look at the Facebook page again, and freaking Brett drops a drops a fucking four paragraph theory all right brett all we'll right catch you on friday yeah that's a that's a that's for friday <laughs> um that, all right Damn. well listen stuff, everybody and this, gals. Is, this is so fun solo you're the best pal i love doing this with you man oh, you're awesome uh, you're man. the best too buddy i you know if i'm gonna be in night country with someone i'm glad it's you yeah hold me tight solo we're going into night country All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and downloading. The response and the feedback has been really awesome. Um, You know, we do this show for for our for our enjoyment, our artistic expression, for fun, camaraderie, family. We form our own family by doing this show, and we really do appreciate it. Check us out at DVRpodcast.com. Go over to the Facebook page, Daily DVR. Hit us with an email, dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Andy and I will be here on Friday reading back a bunch of other shit. So send it to us. We'll go down that rabbit hole with you. Any uh, final thoughts, Solo? No, Axel. I mean, I just, I got nowhere to be, no hurry to get there. Peace out, everybody. Peace. If an orange is under your bed, don't look. Whoa, whoa, I see an orange. <laughs> Don't look so low. I'm not just, looking. Just I'm not looking under the, the bed. Orange, I'm not looking under the bed. Walk out of the room. <laughs> oh, take the, drop, the, drop the orange. Take the cannoli. <laughs> take the cannoli. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I love it. Peace.